Hello, and welcome to Along a River in the Wilds, a podcast looking at community initiatives, education, and healthcare in rural North Central Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Rihanna Hibbler. Throughout the series, we sit down with local changemakers to discuss their work in the region in the hopes that we can better understand the complex challenges they face, as well as the strengths of these small communities. Prior to starting this project, I wrote a literature review on the three towns we will explore in this series. I've included a PDF of this on the show's Facebook page and welcome anyone to read it if you want some capital C citations, as I will not be getting into the gritty details on this show. I apologize in advance for anything that I say which is folklore rather than fact. Being from somewhere is a privilege that many people do not have, but it means that my view of the region is shaped by over a century of family stories, many of which are emotionally biased, exaggerated, or misremembered. In addition, I've been out of the area for a decade now, which makes me an expat of sorts. That doesn't make my representation of the area more right or wrong, but it does mean my picture's colors may be a little different than someone else's. Part of my goal in publishing conversational interviews rather than written articles is to not over-edit our words, to keep the local tones and cadence of myself and my guests intact. I also didn't want to create an academic masterpiece analyzing a single aspect of rural life. Additionally, I am not and do not plan to become a professional audio producer, meaning that some of these recordings may be in a more primitive style. People seem to love it for hutches bought at flea markets, so please accept it with as much affection in this format. This is all to say that things may get a little messy, both technically and topically, but I want to show you the whole roast chicken instead of a boneless, skinless breast. Please pick the pieces you want and leave any you don't like. I chose Renova, Jersey Shore, and Lock Haven because they are all about equidistant from where I grew up in Haneyville, and I have both personal memories and passed down stories attached to each. For all three, residents are predominantly white and working class. Each town has its own K-12 school, nursing home, hospital, YMCA or equivalent, grocery store, library. Basically, each has enough capacity to serve as a hub for surrounding populations. Renova and Lock Haven are located in Clinton County, while Jersey Shore is right across the border in Lycoming County. They are all within the region known as the Pennsylvania Wilds, so called for its wildlife, woodlands, dark skies, and outdoor recreation. Each is also located along the West Branch Susquehanna River, which flows down through Harrisburg and onto the Chesapeake Bay. In this short episode, I hope to give you a brief introduction to each place, sharing a little bit about the history as well as current socioeconomic status. Additionally, we will get an overview of topics included in three frameworks of community initiatives, education, and healthcare. I will not be covering history of the area before European settlers came, but please know that Native communities enjoyed and resided in this area for millennia before European arrival around 300 years ago. Their presence is evidenced by archaeological discoveries spanning 8,000 years, found at the confluence of the West Branch, Susquehanna, and Bald Eagle Creek between Lock Haven and Jersey Shore. Their stories, I'm sure, would be worth hearing as well. Lock Haven is the county seat of Clinton County, located about midway between State College and Williamsport, with Route 220 in the shared Susquehanna River Valley making it a little more easily linked to Williamsport. It grew in the 1830s and 40s around the lumber industry, connecting upstream logging operations along the Susquehanna and Bald Eagle Creek with the downstream mills 
including those in nearby Williamsport or all the way down to the Chesapeake Bay in Baltimore. The railway also influenced Lock Haven's growth in the 19th century, while the local paper mill thrived from the 19th to 20th century. The paper mill closed recently enough that I grew up hearing prayer requests for friends' parents affected by its closure. Piper Aviation was also a major employer in the 20th century, primarily between World War II and its closure in 1984. My great-uncle worked there for decades, and it provided good jobs for the area. But when my dad returned from the Air Force in the 80s, his plan to join Piper were squashed. Now, First Quality is the county's major employer, and its growth continues. It manufactures disposable consumer goods, including wipes, tampons, pads, diapers, paper towels, bath tissue, and bottled water. I remember in elementary school going out near the bylo to see the giant paper dryer be brought in through town to the plant. For now, first quality and business surrounding extraction and processing of natural gas for energy seem to be the period-defining industries we will look back on in a few more decades. Lockhaven has the best preventative levy system of the three towns we will discuss, but all have been prone to flooding over the years, especially since regional clear-cutting depleted the ground's ability to absorb excess water. Lockhaven's levy was completed in 1995 and has been successful in protecting much of the town from damages since. Historically, the most damaging local flood was in 1972, caused by storm remnants from Hurricane Agnes. You will hear much more about this flood's effects on these river towns later in the series when I talk with both Lou Bernard and Tina Cooney. Lockhaven is the largest of the three towns covered in this series, containing almost 10,000 people within the city proper. Many of these residents are either attending or former students of Lockhaven University, and thus skew the demographics somewhat. The percent of people below the poverty level is 39.6%. In 2017, Central Mountain High School had a 93.38% graduation rate with a four-year cohort size of 302, and it's estimated that 35.8% of students are economically disadvantaged. Featured guests representing Lock Haven include Bob Raleigh and Sam Eisenhart from Downtown Lock Haven Incorporated, who discuss community improvement and economic development. For education, I speak with Angela Harding of the Keystone Central Foundation about financial support for classrooms and students. Then we catch up with Keystone Central School District Superintendent Jackie Martin about the new comprehensive plan to improve student growth and outcomes while helping to change the community. Finally, for healthcare, Walt Eisenhower of the Lock Haven University Physician Assistant Program sat down with us to talk about their students' training experience as well as local healthcare industry trends, as both Geisinger and UPMC move into the region. Next, on to Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore is a little over 12 miles northeast of Lock Haven and a little under 16 miles west-southwest of Williamsport. It was founded at the intersection of Pine Creek and the Susquehanna River. This made it an ideal location for farming, as well as a stopping point for early settlers in the late 1700s looking to expand to more western and northern territories. The later development of rail lines helped this borough thrive, along with industrial manufacturing and the Jersey Shore Steel Company, founded in 1938, which is located nearby South Avis and is still in operation today. West Pharmaceutical, which primarily produces pharmaceutical packaging, like vial stoppers, is likewise within Jersey Shore and offers local job opportunities. 
Jersey Shore is in the middle of the pack for population, with around 4,400 people living in the borough proper. The percent living below the poverty line is only 16.3%, the lowest of the group. However, 43% of students are classified as economically disadvantaged, which may be influenced by the large catchment area of the Jersey Shore Area School District. It also has the lowest reported graduation rate at 91.86% in a four-year cohort of 172 students. Throughout the series, we will hear from Revitalized Jersey Shore Area's founder, Tina Cooney, who shares some of the projects the group is undertaking to improve the region, along with the discussion of the town's history. Next, we speak with Luann Gasparin from Jersey Shore Ed Foundation, along with a guest appearance by Jersey Shore Area Senior High School Principal Stephen Keene. We talk with Mrs. Gasparin and Mr. Keene about some of the projects the Ed Foundation has supported in the district, as well as hear more about how the high school is trying to prepare students for their future careers. Last, we will speak with Dave Belomo about community health, health education, and Geisinger's new role in the Jersey Shore area. Moving on to Renova. As an aside, some people say Renovo, I grew up saying Renova, but you may hear some flip-flopping throughout the series, so just be aware of that. Renova is located 20 miles northwest of Lock Haven and was built by the Philadelphia Erie Railroad Company in the mid-1800s. Its economy was dependent on the railroad as well as lumbering, with a small amount of bituminous coal and fire clay extracted too. As a company town, it was laid out in a grid system of houses on a floodplain next to the West Branch Susquehanna. Additionally, it was advertised as a restorative mountain resort town, accessible from major cities thanks to the railroad. At peak around 1920, it had almost 6,000 residents nestled in the heart of the PA wilds. But as the railroads dwindled and closed in the post-World War II era, so did Renova's opportunities. Currently, Dominion Energy and plans for a natural gas-powered electric plant seem to be the largest economic drivers nearby. However, there is still a great deal of local community activity and pride, with a few nonprofit organizations and small businesses in the town, along with the Bucktail Medical Center. Now, Renova is the smallest of the three towns explored in this series, a borough of approximately 1,600 people between both Renova and South Renova, its closest neighbor. The percent of people who live below the federal poverty level is 35.9% and 13.5% in each of these respective boroughs. Of Renova students, 68.4% are classified as economically disadvantaged, the highest rate of the three cities. But in 2017, the high school had a 100% graduation rate with a four-year cohort size of 29 students. Renova fulfills its role as the most remote town by being the most difficult to find participants for interviews, but we may have a few surprises as the season goes on. For now, look forward to hearing from the mayor, Tommy Tarantella, about community initiatives in Renova. I speak with members of the Keystone Central Foundation and Keystone Central School District about how they manage K-12 education in both Renova and closer to their office in Mill Hall near Lock Haven. Additionally, I speak with Carrie Fries, a physician assistant who provides primary care to the local community. So that covers our brief overview of the towns and topics covered in this season. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please subscribe for future episodes and find us on Facebook at Along a River in the Wilds or on Instagram at 
River in the Wilds. Feel free to message us any questions or comments. Additionally, this week, we would like to promote the upcoming Ross Library Haunted Tour. On Friday, October 25th and Saturday, October 26th at 7 p.m. each night, and additionally on Saturday at 11 p.m., join Lou Bernard for an hour-long tour that includes some of the haunting and scary stories of Lock Haven. The tour costs $4 and proceeds will benefit the Ross Library. You can find more details on Facebook at Ross Library Adult Services. And stay tuned for an upcoming episode featuring Lou where we talk about local history and folklore. For more podcasts like this, check out The Homecomers or any of the Strong Town Network shows, including Strong Towns, It's the Little Things, or Upzoned. If anyone wants small town spooky fiction, I've recently been binging the show Unwell, a Midwestern gothic mystery, which is set in Ohio. It reminds me of radio dramas that our family would listen to during long winter evenings growing up with sound effects and everything. Go check it out if you would like some seasonal fiction. I would also like to thank the Jefferson Humanities Department and Scholarly Inquiry Track, including Megan Voller, for supporting this work creatively, as well as my advisors, Dr. Rabinowitz and Dr. Motley. All views expressed in the show are my own and do not represent my university or any other organization.